Hey, yo, say hello to the back Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The no-no-sexo. The world is listening. to yet another episode of the whole indie show I guess the countdown to the rumble starts now and I'm not talking about the WWE one I'm talking about everybody in indie wrestling they're just going to have a rumble it's going to have about 15,000 people in it worldwide it's going to be some crazy crazy ass escapes there sadly Jomo won't be in it because he'll be busy somewhere else but that will probably be in the news Ashley, no one. Anyway, Ashley here once again. 
hosting and, well, co-hosting, because the other co-host is also here as well. Randy, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. We got Royal Rumble coming up. We have National Pro Wrestling Day the week after the Super Bowl, or should I title this a bit more correctly, the Harbaugh Bowl? Of course, we have the brothers, and I think you already get the story. Um, I'm back in school, so that's a good sign of things. Well, maybe for me, maybe, but oh well. Things are looking up. And our regular guest co-host, who... I, you know, I can't say unofficial third leg of a show because this show hasn't gone long enough to even get legs yet. It's kind but... of ascended already. He's practically <laughs> like, if he shows up on like the next two or three shows, that's pretty much. <laughs> well, the reason why he's showing up is because we're talking about the year in review. Oh, and it's kind of significant because certainly for the stuff we're covering tonight, Dragon Gate USA and Evolve. I am not as big into Dragon Gate at the minute. I haven't seen enough of it to really get a idea of what's going on. So I'm going to have to leave it to you guys. But yeah, Sandro is here. Sandro, how are you doing this week? I'm doing very well. Good here. Now, we uh, start off with... <coughs> well, the reason why I went with that thing saying... It's going to be 15,000 people all trying to get one shot. I guess it was kind of a dig at TNA because Impact Wrestling's Gut Check Challenge has been announced this week. And <clears throat> if you thought the Super Bowl was confusing, or for people in Britain, the FA Cup with how many teams are in it, <laughs> this, is, this is worse. This is worse because, oh, there are 16 brackets, each of which have about 20 people in them, at least. So, it kind of is a case that half the people that are in there, you probably don't know. The other half, you do know, or you don't know because it's their actual real name, because... I mean, it's... Randy, it's full of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people on this Gut Check Challenge list. Too many to mention, as we've said. Almost 15,000. Well, of course, that's way too big of an exaggeration. Or whatever the hell I was trying to say. 300 people are on here, and where do we begin? There's Sugar Dunkerton, there's Lufisto, there's uh, Courtney Rush I saw was in it. There's Athena, there's... Um, who else were we talking about before on the show? Uh, Lince Dorado's on there. Tommaso Ciampa's on there. Um, Kyle Matthews is on there. Kamikaze. Kamikaze is on there, who we heard before. Johnny Goodtime, who, for some of you, I know L-Train will definitely know this, but those of you that watch PWG or uh, Championship Wrestling with Hollywood mostly know him as Johnny Yuma's partner, who, of course, was in, well, not the Gut Check, but the X Division tournament recently and. Kind of did it look so well on there. Also, Alter Boy Luke is on there. Luke Hox from New Orleans area, Santa Loco. I know, we'll definitely know who Luke Hox is. Um, <laughs> who else is there? Um, you remember any Sandro on there that we saw? You, I gotta be honest, I didn't check every one of them because there was just too many to check. 
And that, I feel, is one of the issues with this. We've got over 300 names, and how many are going to get a chance at gut check? One. And one of these names, hold, hold up, this name seems a little familiar. Chase Stevens? Yeah, that's a bit. Of course, I bring that up a bit kind of sarcastically. Of course, Chase Stevens, a former member of TNA in the Naturals. So if you thought Christian York was bad, which there's actually nothing wrong with Christian York being in there. Oh, actually, he got signed. Does it matter? He, and he only had the one appearance there. So um, there's that. But, interesting that Ardo Ocal's in it, though, as well. Yes, that was one I found really interesting. Ardo Ocal is in it. So is it like a gut check for anybody on the TNA roster? So can, like... <laughs> I don't know, can Larry Legend be on the list soon for, like, announcing? It's, it's going to be like oh God, blooming, no. uh, Josh Matthews. <laughs> He's going to go on commentary. Well, let's think Josh Matthews turned out to be a wrestler, though. <laughs> if he goes on, if Ardor O'Cow goes on commentary and replaces Taz, oh, hail TNA. Oh, that would be a good thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah, the the one that did spring up as a surprise, which I did I didn't notice until we actually did the pre-show for this, because there's, as I say, there's too many names. Tommaso Champa. Yeah, that one's going to ring. I guess it's technically still on Ring of Honor books, but I don't know. You could still get in trouble for even participating in this thing. Yeah, this could spell some bad news, especially with what happened with the Kenny King situation. And I don't think TNA and ROH, uh, TNA and ROH relations are kind of back to how they usually are. Shitty. And what and what does that say about the status of Ring of Honor? You know, why would Tommaso Ciampa even attempt to, to participate in this if he's not even happy with Ring of Honor? Well, this is the worrying thing. Looking at the details of, like, the web addresses I'm just looking at, Tommaso Ciampa's trial was in September 2010. So that would have... It was that before he was at Ring of Honor? I believe so. He might have made some appearance in there, but I don't think he became a regular till... Or actually, he might have become a regular around 2010. Because so I know he was there in 2011, because that's when they... Embassy Limited. Yeah, he would have been... Yeah, 2011 is when he started. Was when he started working regularly. As I'm looking so, so technically, he wasn't... <clears throat> he wasn't there. So if they've been... Yeah, if they've been doing the gut check challenges since 2010, then I'd imagine there should be no problem with that, considering he was not a contracted member. And they really can't do... Well, they could do anything about it, but now that you bring that forward, that kind of really... It really depends on what happens there. And if Tommaso Ciampa does move on, the ball's in his court. Because looking through this list, these are all the people that they've looked at and been interested in for two and a half years. That's too much of a time span. You know, end of year would be fine. But not after two and a half years when you've got... I don't even want to count the number of names to actually see. It, it's over 300, but... 
yeah, you, if if you if you're interested and you want to do your research yourself, because I think we might have to do some sort of research on it in the next few weeks. I am kind of nearly determined to go through all 300. And find out which one's Jared Butler. Anyway, mm. uh, the the voting... Yeah, uh, apparently only one vote will count. And the first round of voting ends on March the 11th. My only problem with this as well is, is it's a popularity contest. It will be, well, that's kind of the point of it in a way. So basically you're looking for the most popular wrestler. Which could be anybody in this case, depending on what their likes are. If the TNA fans remember Chase Stevens, he has a chance. Chase and Rance even showed up on TNA as a name I forgot to mention. According to UK TNA fans, the most popular wrestler is uh, Jeff Hardy via recorded tape. Oh, wait. Did I break that bubble? Well done, TNA, you stupid idiots. (laughs) So... Jeff Hardy showed up at Impact? Well, no. I I just want to bring that up. You've advertised for eight months on the UK tour that Hardy's going to be there. Despite the fact that you knew he's a drug felon and can't leave the country due to his misdemeanors. So don't false advertise, TNA. Well, at the yeah. same time, you could blame Jeff Hardy as well because he didn't mention to the the head up saying, "Hey, I, I can't leave the country. I, I'm still on probation." So part of the blame is also on Jeff as well. You thought a company like TNA would already have experience of that, though, and would already be aware of that kind of thing being around. Hell, look at what happened to our truth. And even then, that's he really- couldn't go to Canada. Weirdly, he could go to the UK, and then John Morrison started smoking in his face. In a non-smoking building, damn it. And then, what, I th- still don't get that. And then MVP, I don't think they, I don't think I ever noticed it that much, but I remember he said that he kind of had issues getting into Japan or whatever because of his criminal past. Yeah, Which makes- even if you talk outside of wrestling, Paul McCartney basically never went to Japan for about 20 years because of his drug. Oh, yeah, did he get caught with weed in Japan? Mm-hmm. I think so, something like that. Yeah, because I remember like on that when they did that Chris Farley show interview on Saturday Night Live, he brought that up, and Paul was like, yeah, I'd like to forget that happened. <laughs> Probably Yoko Ono sent them. Oh, that might have been racist. Oh, wow. <laughs> adding, adding fuel to the fire there, Andy. Paperclip. Uh, but yeah, the next thing I might as well bring up is the Heart Legacy Wrestling situation. Ooh. As as I said last week, we were scheduled to uh, talk about it, but the uh, iPay-Per-View was never provided, which, to be quite honest... For a company that's doing its first show, it's unlikely that it was going to be on iPay-Per-View. It would have been cool if it had happened, but I'm kind of accepting of the fact that it didn't. And uh, according to the uh, the Facebook page and the posts on the website, they are going to be making it up to the fans by, ge- 
by for the people that actually were that had paid for the show and then were refunded, they will be getting a free DVD and poster of the event. So if they ship internationally, I'm happy. <laughs> somebody, somebody in production fucked up. They couldn't get the yeah. footage. Sucks. Well, no, apparently they did. It looks like they did get the footage, but it's just, I guess, something to do with. From what I could tell from the, the the way JJ and Shark were talking about it, and this is the opinion of Ashley and not any of the hosts on the network or this show, but from the way it sounded as if they have got the footage, but yeah, something happened production-wise, possibly pay-per-view feed-wise. I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I'm just speculating here, and speculation means you probably get on the front page of TMZ. But anyway. Or the Wrestling Observer. Mm, <laughs> or hell, now even ESPN. Shit, they got a WWE <laughs> Top 5? ESPN now. <laughs> the worldwide leader in sports. Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> in more ways than one. Which is ironic, because wasn't that the tagline for WWF back in the day? I know, WWE starting to lose its sports entertainment title to real sports. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't put that real in it, but either way, <laughs> you get the uh, At least we're not talking about football players with imaginary girlfriends. Oh, Paperclip. I, mean, I brought that up last week, too. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm still bringing that up because that's oh, still amazing. Man, that story's, that story's getting more fucked up. From, I remember I was watching Pardon the Interruption and Michael Wilbon was saying that it's just like a soap opera. And it literally is. He's just going to sit back and watch it. You find it. it weird that this comes up. Around the same time that uh, R-Truth and Little Jimmy disappear. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if <clears throat> WWE brought that up. I would. They would probably do some shit like that. Just have R-Truth have an imaginary girlfriend. And also, in regards to responses for the uh, Heart Legacy Wrestling Show and people's reactions to it, I apparently have received no emails. Which is a bit of a shame. <clears throat> I'd have liked I'd, I'd like to word reaction from the live crowd. Or some of the people that are there. But from what Harmony said and JJ have said on Facebook, it was a very entertaining show. Harmony was uh, really uh, amazed by the main event. Really like that. So I, I can't wait to check it out. Hopefully, when it comes out on DVD, Hope, hopefully I get you know. As I say, whether they ship internationally to make up for it, I don't know. But I, I, I was, I'm still certainly looking forward to it, and especially the show that's happening next month. And I, I think I agree with JJ. If you do a, a 24-hour tape delay on it, it gives you the chance to get all the production quality that you need rather than having to wait on what to do live. Because there have been a few pay-per-views that I've seen. Oh, what was that one? <clears throat> was it XWF or something? Would it be next? I don't know exactly. FWE... FWE, that was the one, the Night of Legends that they had. Some of the points, some of the points there, they were completely stalling, which was a little stuff, you know, a little dodgy. 
But, um, yeah, next we'll... Actually, Sandro, give us the new t- matches that have been added to National Pro Wrestling Day. Uh, yeah, a couple of matches were announced uh, for the evening show. Uh, three matches were added. Uh, first is the uh, International Wrestling Cartel, or IWC. And uh, it's going to be for the IWC World Championship as the current champion, John McChesney, I believe. McChesney, I yeah. Na- okay, there you go. He's going to defend his title against Logan Shulo. Next promotion is a Wrestling is Heart. And I got to put this out. Uh, this promotion is actually not affiliated with Jakara. This is actually a separate promotion. Oh, my word. Actually, they're kind of... <laughs> there's somewhat affiliated they're kind of, i would they, they're more affiliated with say the wrestling is well it's kind of more obvious in their name but the the uh for those of you that might, the old school of rock billy rock school of rock which you can see all his shows on youtube the class wars yeah that was their old name uh class wars i believe he, as he said um anyways uh for that match uh, it's going to be a tag team match as Mar Russo and Heidi Lovelace taking on Reed Bentley and Trip Cassidy. And the next one is from New York Wrestling Connection, I believe that's the, what it's called. Uh, it's going to be Tony Nice uh, teaming with Apollyon. Uh, I think that's how it's pronounced. Thanks. Are they going to take on Alex Reynolds and John Silver? Have they said who the fourth name is for the second Ray de Voladores? Because I don't think we covered that last week. Um, I believe so. I can't think of who it is off the bat. They did. I don't remember his name. Um, let me see who it is, I believe. But c- certainly, <clears throat> what well, oh, well, you guys? Shaw. That's who it is, Lucas Shaw. Okay. Because it is building to look actually a pretty strong card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this card's going to be like the IWC. I've heard about them from Pittsburgh, of course. Mr. V will know about them. Shout out to him for that. Pittsburgh, he'll, he'll know about that. That's the area they run. A lot of people come from IWC. Uh, Shima Zion used to wrestle there a lot. CM Punk was wrestled there on occasion. And I, the names are familiar. I don't think I've really seen any of them. NYWC at Tony Nice. Alex Reynolds, too, I've seen before in, like, I think Evolve, and I think he did drag it at USA, I'm not sure, but he did Evolve, and I remember one match was kind of, yeah, but, and yeah. we'll see with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, he wasn't, he was in Evolve for a little bit, and then he was gone. <laughs> yeah. But either way, he's on the car, get everybody on, so that's all I'll say about that. And then Heidi Lovelace, we've talked about before, appearing in Shine, had that very hard-hitting OVW match, with her, Taylor Hendricks, and um, Sojo Bolt back at Shine 2. So there's that. And then it's pretty much your evening card. You still have Resistance Pro match. You have Fighting Spirit Wrestling. And you have the Evolve match coming up, which I wonder who they're going to bust out for the Evolve match. This would be like, I think, the other than maybe one of the Resistance Pro wrestlers or something, this is going to be a really kind of big money indie wrestler I could see coming. Maybe they bust out, I don't know, Johnny Gargano would be pretty interesting here if he isn't. Or wait, isn't he already wrestling that day against? Actually, yeah, I could probably see Johnny Gargano representing Evolve. I can see they could put AR Fox as well. 
Oh, yes, they need to. I'm surprised he hasn't wrestled in Chikara uh, yet. Well, I remember he did a shoot interview not that long ago. He, he said he's a fan of it, but he doesn't like some of the silliness that they do. Oh. Uh, so, okay, that explains. But he, he, he wouldn't mind wrestling for the promotion. So, no. He doesn't like the silliness that Shikara does, yet the silliness we saw on Raw apparently is acceptable. Uh, it's well, too well, that, I get yeah, what that's, you're that's trying to say. This is the indies here. Yeah. Well, yes, but sometimes the indie stuff is better than the big time. Oh, extent, yeah, that's true. Even then, like, just the, just the way Chikara is isn't necessarily... Like I said, sometimes it will rub some people the wrong way. Not necessarily that it isn't bad, but... Well, I like it, and of course we do on here, but like some people aren't, don't necessarily like kind of how goofy things can get at times, which... They're still serious about it, but oh well, that's... Um, yeah. Well, either way, he so, has gigs either way somewhere else, so it isn't like he's hurting for a job. <laughs> so right there, it's EZW, so... Or maybe that might be part of it, but I won't. I won't go. So, so from that we t- we for from that we turn to Twitter and something that trended on Twitter uh, for a little bit last week, and that was hashtag Steelhorse. Oh shit! Yes, uh, Steelhorse for Sean, who is one of Devon Dudley's students, is now in the news for all the wrong reasons. He was wrestling in the Bronx Wrestling Federation and wrestled another wrestler of Team 3D, the British Lion Tommy Taylor. During the match, Steelhorse took a stiff hit and landed outside the ring and eventually lost his contact. Angered by the accident, after the match, Steelhorse went backstage and called the police and made claims that he was assaulted, after which six cars showed up. Needless to say, no one was arrested, but it's angered a lot of fans. This is uh, this is Taylor's side of of events on his Facebook page, which is probably an honest interpretation of it. Quote: First off, I'm not a veteran in pro wrestling. I'm in my eleventh year and still pretty young. But I was trained by two of the best in British wrestling, Jeff Kay and Drew McDonald. One of the number one rules was to always keep your mouth shut and your ears open, which I did eleven years ago and still do today. I actually consider myself too humble sometimes. Anyway, last night I was scheduled to work Steel Horse for Sean. And although he wasn't there at the building for call time, I figured I had nothing to worry about when it came to the actual work. I shine best when put in the ring with big fellas, because the guy's about 6 foot 5 and 280 pounds. So eventually he shows up and literally walks past everyone in the changing room, me, Frisco, Corey, just to name a few, and proceeds to sit down and get ready. <clears throat> okay. When the time came, I asked him to come to talk to me when he was ready. He strolled over to me when he was heading his cell phone and said something like, Stop. I said and had an idea and started to explain. Head still in his phone. So I walked away. I got back with him five minutes later and have him a second chance. This way, the way he talked to me reminded me of the way a 15 to 20 year old vet might talk to a fresh rookie, including the best bit. I don't want to do your finish because I don't trust you and I have bigger matches coming up. At this point, I literally threw my hands up and decided to work this cunt. 
Oh, good old British people and their use of swearing. Anyway. They do tend to be free with cunts a lot. I do notice that (laughs) a bit freer than we are. And I do notice I think we say piss a lot more than the British do. I don't know so much. We we are the epitome of a Goodfellas movie. (laughs) Or a Django movie. I was just watching Django too. Or, or end of watch, or any film that's got a heck of a lot of swearing. Scarface, SLC. Time oh, for time, yeah, time for the match. Now, although there was some tension already, I still think a thank you, be safe is required. Nope. Out of the ring, I see he has a belt, a nice championship belt, and he was announced as the Bronx Fed champion or some bollocks. Then I noticed the design of the strap was exactly the same as the vintage wrestling heavyweight title that Frankie held. Well, alrighty. Maybe he cleared all the right people, not just the ring announcer. I later found out he had not. So wrestling, he hit hard, I hit hard. It was what I wanted, until it came to the point of the match I excel and my fire up. Now, without going into too much into this, he didn't like that I sandbagged him and was selling the crowd a deathly camel clutch. I'm sure the almighty sheik wouldn't want me to hop straight up and basically ignore the fans. Because of this... He decided to double slap my ribs and back, taking the wind out of me. So I got up and popped him one. He went down, and I kicked him out the ring. I got him through the rest of the match, and jobs are good. The next part, I'm still unsure of what exactly happened, but he pretty much fabed everyone and left the venue, only returned with the police. For me. For going off script, that was his words. I'd already set off to uh, go home, so that's why I'm a bit puzzled. But I guess the police talked to some of the boys, if not all of them, and came to the conclusion it was equal. Uh, it was ridiculous, sorry. So that was my wrestle brawl for the night. <laughs> and my word. <clears throat> if you didn't think Steel Horse's career was over before because you hadn't heard of him, with that arrogance, it is now. Call him mass transit with all, without all the mass bleeding and near death. <laughs> And New Jack ended up getting arrested and sued and all the shit that followed after that. Him appearing on Inside Edition and then pretty much trashing ECW. What's your take on it, Sandra? Um, I don't know. That's a, some story going on, but uh, I mean, it happens. I mean, I have no comment on it. And that isn't the biggest story, sadly. We're starting this weird this year off with some weird fucking stories. I don't know what's up. It gets weirder. <laughs> and Tommy Taylor, actually, we've talked about him before. He's appeared in Evolve. We'll probably talk. We'll be talking about him definitely during the style battle part when we get into the year in review. But you know, it gets weirder because now we're going to go to the endless spiral that is NWA. Oh. Why don't they just die already? I'm sorry. <laughs> sounds, but like shit, you you pretty much pissed off. Or go ahead and read the story. I want yeah, to it's save. an interesting article from the Examiner. Uh, on the heels of Australian wrestling promotion GWA in brackets PWAQ. Not sure what that is. On the heels of them giving notice to the NWA that they've decided to withdraw their application due to, quote, borderline criminal actions by another NWA licensee, the problems and controversy surrounding the new NWA are beginning to mount. After NWA ring warriors withdrew 
from the NWA. And after a match between Bruce Santi and the NWA World Champion Kahagas, is it? Kahagas, the Tokyo Monster Kahagas. After that match turned into a semi-shoot affair, NWA CIO Fred Rubenstein stood by his longtime friend and promoter Howard Brody. For which the NWA president, Bruce Farp, and the VP, Chris Wonkrilo, have reportedly turned on Rubenstein and are said to be in the midst of trying to oust him as part of the Board of Governors. NWA Coastal parted ways shortly after Ring Warriors left, as Rubenstein business associate Phil Varlis chose to side with Rubenstein. NWA Grindhouse, once touted as the future of the new NWA, pulled out last month, citing, quote, creative differences, which is a sentiment echoed by a number of licensees, and it's thought that other NWA promotions will also soon be leaving. Since Farb gained control of the NWA from the pro, organi- pro wrestling organization LLC, he's been the center of controversy. While Farb said he wants nothing more than to regain respect for the NWA and make it a prominent part of the wrestling business again, a series of questionable business decisions and what many see as poor booking decisions have done little to help strengthen the company appears to have only made it more laughable. Recently, Farp was awarded a default judgment against the former NWA promoter David Marquez and the former NWA president Bob Trobick for reported $48,000 and sources close to Farp say that he'll soon be attaching property and seeking garnishments against the two in order to satisfy the judgment. That lawsuit and recent action against Mid-Atlantic Legends convention promoter Greg Price have convinced many that Farp and Ronquilo are apt to bully or intimidate those who speak out against them. A deal had reportedly been arranged with Price in which the NWA would be made available vendor space at the upcoming convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. A public apology and other trivial details on the lawsuit would be dropped. After the agreement was reached and presented to Farp, he allegedly requested a fine or a fee in the area of around $800 to be paid, which Price refused and therefore the lawsuit continues. A source close to the NWA has said that Farp is allegedly interested in selling the NWA brand to a Japanese interest. Oh great, the Japanese Yakuza running another promotion. Except this time it's an NWA. Hey now, that was only Noah and they're already... They're, already <laughs> yeah. They're going to put the money out of that and put it in NWA. Let's just have all these promotions die together. I, WA Mid-South's already dead. dead. NWA's dying. No, Well, I should, Noah's not necessarily dead yet, but could you say they have one foot in the grave? <laughs> yeah, there are issues the NWA is or soon will be dealing with where the international brand is concerned. Since the NWA had deals reportedly in perpetuity with Blue Demon in Mexico and Zero One in Japan, <laughs> mounting legal bills and the threat of further legal action against Farp and Ronquillo are thought to be behind the decision to see if there's any interest in the NWA brand worldwide. As yeah, if the not. seven <laughs> levels of hate, as if the seven levels of hate didn't already show that, like. Where do you even begin with all this NWA mess? Like, that's one of the big things, the seven levels of hate. You have something <laughs> that actually brought interest into the NWA when you remember last year when, or last year, the, uh, two years ago, hey, Colt Cabana won the NWA belt. 
people were talking about the belt again because it was somebody not named Pierce. No offense, really, Adam Pierce in this case, but <laughs> it was somebody different. It was somebody refreshing, somebody we felt needed, wanted to win the world title, somebody who, as far as I know, really hasn't won a big world title anywhere. Never did in ROH, definitely did it in WWE. Uh, Chikara has it either, and this was his time, and then the sheet bullshit happened. So it's all it's almost like one step forward, two, like three steps back. Hell, even like five steps back half the time. Hell, oh. just for the seven levels of hate, we'll say they go seven steps back. And then when you have the seventh and final match, even though it was, I we all kind of had an idea Colt Cabana went. Well, maybe not everybody, but regardless of that, they had the fireball thing. It's like, ooh, what's going to happen? Oh, let's unsanction the match so that the belt won't be on the line. Great way to fuck over Colt Cabana again. And Adam Pierce leaves. And you have Colt Cabana leave. And championship from res- re- championship wrestling from Hollywood leaves. Then you have the tournament. It's on Cahagas, who you only really hear the name if you know about NWA stuff, right? I think Florida. <laughs> That's about it. You won't really see him in any of the indies that we cover, or at least cover on a main basis. Nothing really gets his skill, but that's just... It gets even more interesting. As the drama that's become the NWA continues to unfold, there is also word that's come recently that Farp has actually grown unhappy with Ronquillo as well. Just Ronquillo is on the yep. forefront of most of the correspondence with NWA licensees and those who would challenge the NWA and their decisions and his aggressively worded emails, which may many believe border on threatening intimidation and bullying and much of that is projecting negatively on Farp who touts his spotless record as an attorney in Texas apparently there's going to be a hearing coming this Monday the 28th of January in Cameron County Texas that unless there's another delay will be a jury trial involving Farp, Ron Grillo and members of the PWO LLC Oh man, they just need to quit with this whole NWA. You can't. You can gather as many promotions as you want, and even all the promotions they want, people still aren't really caring for it. Maybe Chuck, maybe Mike Quackenbush might have something with the wrestling is, but even then, at least he can keep everybody fucking together. Because as far as I know, he's trained practically all the staff, <laughs> or all the staff, mm. all the roster members. It's pretty much him branching out with everything else. He, he trained the plastic back. pigeon, damn it. Yeah, well, hell, he fucking trained Sapphire, <laughs> if anything, too. Sweet Sapphire. Sweet Sapphire. <laughs> do it, but yeah, nonetheless. Sandro, I, I, I think I heard a, like a whelp from you when you heard the Japan and Mexico stuff. I just find it hilarious because uh, NWA Mexico, I guess, that that's a, a joke. Uh, they only ran like about maybe like three or four shows, and they all drew horribly. And they haven't <laughs> ran the show since like 2011, I guess, because they started like around. I guess they started around that time, I believe, and they haven't ran the show since. And they drew horribly. Oh shit! I do know. I read about like Blue Demon Junior was pissed about CMLL using the NW name on the titles, and then CMLL's like. Oh yeah, well we're not going to do shit about it. <laughs> it still kept it. Yeah, I remember him complaining about uh, the belts that that CML were using because they were the old NWA belts. So they gave the they gave the those belts back, and they decided, well, we'll just make new belts, but we're still called the NWA, which they still yeah. do to this day. 
And uh, Japan, I mean, I don't know. They, I guess they have some kind of affiliation with Zero One, but they're not doing that well as far as business goes. But yet they're still alive. Yeah, I don't hear much about Zero One either. It's like the NWA just latches on to dying promotions. <laughs> And the funny thing about that was around 2005, they actually split from NWA because they weren't happy with uh, certain talents that were being sent to the company. And for some reason, they were back together like a few years ago. I kissed and made up. (laughs) I guess so. They had a hug, and even Randy Orton was involved with it. Anyway, um, (laughs) a couple of other stories as well. One of which I didn't realise until I actually saw it. As we've already talked about, February the 9th, we'll be seeing Jerry Lynn taking on Lance Storm in his last match on the East Coast. And the fact is that apparently that isn't just the interesting match on the card. Apparently Matt Hardy's got a title match against... uh, Kevin Edwards, is it, I think? Former champion for the... Is it PWX or PW? Do not PW. No. Uh, say that again. Is I think is it PWX the promotion? Yeah, PWX is a promotion. Yeah. I think it's them. But the the match that kind of distracts me is Devin Moore taking on Mister Belding from Say by the Oh Fel. PWS, my bad. Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Oh, PWS. Yeah, Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Yeah, no thanks. <clears throat> Say by the Bell <laughs> versus the guy that was on Shane Douglas's shows. Mm. Belting for the win. Anyway, we'll see. I just, I just found that I found that a little disturbing. But speaking actually of Extreme Rising, they have just started up an Indiegogo because apparently they don't like Kickstarter. But they have started a thing to try and raise sixteen thousand five hundred dollars. To do 13 one-hour TV tapings to be broadcast in the northeast area. I'm guessing they'll find some network that wants to put them on at some point. <laughs> like the sunshine. Probably, probably, probably at the rate they're probably at the rate they're going. Whoever's whatever G4 is becoming. I think that kind of tells you. Rising. I think that tells you how well um, Extreme Rising is doing financially. Well, the fact is, they've only had, what, four shows, and now they're trying to go for TV tapings? Technically, this could make them more successful than Ring of Honor. (laughs) Because I don't think Ring of Honor even had TV tapings after four shows. Well, that's because they weren't trying to get TV. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Shane Douglas is looking for money. It's not because they're lacking money. It's because he wants more money. Probably. Paul Heyman won't pay him back the money he owes. <laughs> I know he owes him a lot, too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, apparently Vader's also come back from... I guess semi-retirement and has now become the XWA champion. That's all that really needs to be said because I don't want to say anything bad about Vader because he'll probably find out where I live and kill me. But 
with that, Sandra, I believe you've got some stories for us this week as well. Uh, yeah, this is just um, some Japan news. Uh, just started with uh, New Japan. Uh, they had uh, somewhat of a success with their recent uh, New Japan CML Super Show, uh, Fantastica Mania. Uh, apparently, all, all three shows drew well. Um, not as well as the last year, but they do. But they did very well. Uh, the show was very strong. I'm looking forward to watch uh, those that footage once it comes out. Uh, next up is the uh, All Japan News. Um, I'm sure everybody knows by now. Uh, Ric Flair is heading to All Japan. Uh, he's going to have his um, uh, return match in Japan in I don't know how long. I guess since the 80s. And he's going to be teaming up with uh, Keiji Muto, who you might know as a Great Muta, uh, who's going to be taking on Tatsumi uh, Fujinami and Seiya Sonata. Which will actually be the main event of that show, and that's going to be happening this Saturday. Also on that so, card, I'm ge- I'm guessing with that that doesn't mean that. Well, no, I guess because he can hop over. He could hop over, couldn't he? I'm yeah, trying he to think. Japan, Japan, Japan to Arizona. In fact, you know Vegas. We're talking California, kind of. Well, the we're talking West Coast, anyway. Yeah, it's a possibility that he could. He's going to be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, people, and get eliminated by Cesaro. Mm. No, then he'll uh, take off his jacket and elbow drop it again. No, I think Moose will take his place because, as we know, he's going to be the next Ric Flair in the WWE. But anyways, I digress. Um, also on that card will be the, the debut of Reed Flair, his youngest son. Uh, he's going to be in the opening match. He's going to be in, involved in a tag match as he's going to be teaming with uh, former WWE and WCW star uh, Jimmy Yang to take on Cash Hayashi and Kenzo, who you might remember as Kenzo Suzuki. That's interesting. Like, those are all names that might be familiar to most of the people. Of course, Jimmy Yang and Kaz Hayashi used to team up back in WCW, back as the Young Dragons. And then, of course, Kenzo Suzuki and WWE and AAA, CMLL as well, I believe, also. And then Ric Flair's son. That's not David Flair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's just hope he's not... Let's just hope he doesn't come out with the robe and everything. I'm just saying. <laughs> maybe, maybe also, not. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Also, regarding all Japan, um, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned the news of uh, several talent that was leaving NOAA and where they were going. Well, it seems earlier today, uh, one of those ex-NOAA stars, Jun Akiyama, kind of spoiled it on his Facebook, uh, announcing that himself and the rest of the former former NOAA wrestlers will be heading to All Japan. Now, there's no date on when they, when they will debut, but my guess is they might show up on uh, this Saturday night at that super show. Well, isn't that interesting? They'll jump the barrier and go, Hey, yo. You know who we are. <laughs> They're going to the most of them are going, or at least maybe a couple of them are going to the promotion that they left. <laughs> With the exception of, I think, Stan Hansen and like two other people. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And lastly, uh, somewhat of a no one news, uh, it came out today that Kenta Kobashi announced his retirement show, which will take place on May 11th in Budokan Hall. Uh, there's no matches announced, but only with this news of the dates and the venue. So that should be really fun to watch. I'm guessing if it's a retirement match, he'll be wrestling. Yes. <laughs> That's all we can confirm. Yeah. He'll be having some, he'll out. be wrestling himself. I think we'll get an eighth burning hammer. <laughs> eighth and final one. Hmm. Uh, have you got any news, Randy? Um, nothing that I can really think of right now, actually. Is there any? Nah, that's about it. I, I've just had a look, and there have been a few updates as well to the Shikara matches, which are coming Ooh. up over the weekend of the 8th and the 9th. Sorry, the 9th and the 10th of uh, February. For the 9th show, all agents and superhuman crew, we've got Hallowicked taking on Chuck Taylor. And also for the first time ever, first time ever, Eddie Kingston taking on Green Ant. Mm-hmm. And then for the tenth, interesting one, a six-man tag with the Colony, which, by the looks of it, is uh, it's yeah, Fire Ant, Green Ant, and Assailant, yeah, Assailant, yeah. Taking on Fist, Icarus, Chuck Taylor, and Sugar Dunkerton. So it'll be interesting to see. Because I think that's the first show that Sugar's really involved with. So it'll be interesting to see what his interaction is. And then also added, Archibald Peck will be taking on Tim Donst. My only problem is the last match that Tim Donst had was against somebody that gave him a backfist to the future. Stay away from that kind of stuff, Archibald. <coughs> We've already been through what will happen when, you know, you get involved with that. It's not going to end up good. At all. But, anyway, um, I think... Uh, actually, I apologize, but before we go, there was a couple of news stories I completely forgot to mention. Um, there was no a problem. few uh, Lucha Libre news that came out over the weekend. Um, a couple of uh, indie wrestlers um, in the States, uh, mostly ZZW, kind of did a show in uh, Mexico last Sunday. Um, I know Masada was involved. Um, uh, Latin Dragon was there. Uh, Matt Cross and Chuck Taylor was there as well. Um, I know uh, Masada fought uh, Extreme Tiger uh, in the main event of this indie show in Mexico, and he lost. Uh, the title wasn't on the line. The interesting thing with Matt Cross and Chuck Taylor, uh, originally, they were supposed to face two wrestlers from AAA. 24 hours before the show happened, uh, AAA pulled the AAA wrestlers from that show. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, but it's it's kind of a, a douchebag move from AAA. There was no explanation of why they were released from that show. So instead, uh, it turned to a three-way match as uh, Matt Cross and Chuck Taylor 
as well as Ricky Marvin was involved in that match, and uh, Ricky Marvin won that match. Uh, also, in uh, CMLL news, apparently they're trying to bring this new wrestler into the company, and the reason I bring this up, I actually saw this oh, promo. Uh, hold on, hold on. Sorry to cut you off there. I should have asked you this before, but was it for Lucha Pop that CZW did it with? Oh, never mind. I see it now. No, the, no this is a separate company. Actually, oh, okay. Lucha Pop, they're not even running shows anymore. Oh, they're, they're not. That's kind of figures. Uh, anyways, I was watching this promo last Saturday on CML TV, and they were promoting this new wrestler, and it's not even a, a Mexican wrestler. It's actually a European wrestler. And this guy sounds... Uh, I, my guess, he sounds Irish, and he's wearing a mask, and they're calling this guy Thunderbird. Thunderbird, excuse me. And this guy looks very ripped. He, he looks in great shape. And they're trying to bring in this uh, a, a new foreign wrestler into their company. Uh, there's no information much, but it, it's kind of interesting that they're bringing a, a foreign wrestler into their company. Interesting. Yes, yeah, an interesting. I'm trying to work out who it might be. <clears throat> I think they might. I think they're doing this is because when Prince Devitt came to their company, he had a very good run there, even though it was for a short time. And my guess is, well, Prince Devitt got over here in Mexico. Why don't we bring in a European wrestler and put it under a mask, and we'll see how he does. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at a picture of him now and reading this thing. You know who he does kind of look like, or kind of build wise. Uh, Marco Corleone, which I highly doubt it is him, but no, it's not him. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah if, sure. if you if you find that promo on YouTube, it, I'm it, about to watch I it after the break. <laughs> my guess is he, he sounds Irish. He sounds Irish. It doesn't sound like an English guy from England. He sounds very Irish, so it's I don't yeah. know who it is. He could be putting on an Irish accent, though, fella. Probably wouldn't matter either way. They wouldn't know he's speaking yeah. English, so it's not like they knew he wouldn't Mexican. That's right. Notice on some stuff with AAA, like they'll get away with like saying some English cuss words on there. Like I know Teddy Hart tends to cuss sometimes, or like some of the theme songs will like have bad words. I'm like, oh shit! Well, like 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 falafel flaps. <laughs> falafel flaps, sir. Whatever that is, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the bird. I think that's everything for this segment. So we're gonna take a quick break. But when we come back, I guess we'll have Randy's reactions to Thunderbird. But also uh, part three of the year in review. This time, looking at Dragon Gate USA and Evolves year. All the highs, lows, and probably the involvement of Johnny Gargano. But with but uh, with that, we will see you in a few minutes, guys. Gay planned in a minute. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the beast. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the yes. sound of the beast. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the 
The following is a public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? Well, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, What the fuck? Where have you been? Slap! <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back. When he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how can you, in all honesty, be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it? <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else while you walk to the mailbox to get the mail she's fucking somebody else when you come inside and turn on the tv and have a cup of tea she's fucking somebody else then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy she comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else <laughs> Then she comes home, you tell the bitch that you want dinner, she makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed, and you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea, she's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and of course some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing... Video games, the open book, fantasy, e and movie and entertainment news. So check us out 
every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at snsradionetwork.com. Come check us out. Second part of this week's whole indie show with Randy, Sandra, and Ashley. Yeah, I'm completely mixing up the order of the names now. Next thing it will be John, Paul, George, and Ringo. But wow, two Beatles references. Oh, yeah. show. That's interesting. <laughs> but now we jump into year review part three, and we're going to take a look at a little Dragon Gate. Yay. And evolve. So, um, this is mainly you guys, but one thing that I have seen from articles online is that although there has been some decent matches on uh, both shows, they have been struggling with attendance for those shows. Um, yeah. They haven't been as big crowds as, let's say... Shikara has been having, or Ring of Honor, or CZW. Well, from what I've seen report on these, these are some. Of course, the WrestleMania ones were a lot bigger, but these are some somewhat decent numbers they've gotten on some of these shows. I'm going to say too big, but it's around the mid hundreds, and whether that's either a small amount to some people or not, it's. I know it's. I would I couldn't tell you necessarily how much what they'd be getting on average or their highest in total. So if anything, they're just going from there. But some show like the one problem I'd say with DG or I don't want to necessarily say problem, but the one thing is like there's a lack of storylines really. Not that, and it seems weird saying that on an indie show of all <coughs> things, but like. With PWG, it works because of kind of how their style is. Even though it's like a dream match promotion, but with Dragon USA, it's it is and it isn't. Like a lot more stuff is probably done and evolve. I'd say more than anything, and then you have like the Dragon Gate stuff, and even then, that it's kind of taking a back seat <laughs> more yeah. now, especially. Well, not so much that Gargano's the champ, but they're focusing more on a lot more of the American talent, getting it like John Davis, like Akira Tozawa, who I thought was going to get the belt. Because, of course, there was those rumors about Gargano leaving as well. He's kind of out it. I don't know really if there is. Well, they still, of course, they still have Dragon Gate people, but it really feels like it's getting more of a focus on the Americans, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think you still, I really felt it was kind of, I did kind of like how it was like when they had the Blood Warriors thing and all that, or like, well, they still kind of have it with Mad Blanky or all the stables, but you really kind of haven't seen that so much now. They really shifted in a different focus, or different focus, different direction. Well, just to back up as far as the attendance goes, I think the problem with that is they're going to new new cities or new towns that they never tried out, and uh, 
I know there was a problem with that when they went to the Carolinas for Evolve. They they didn't have very good attendance there, and uh, I, I think that's a lesson for them to learn that I don't think they're going back there again. What did you think Gabe had learned, kind of? Why don't I say, like, oh, of course, that's the way I'm saying it. Shit, stop trying to um, stop it. Anyway, uh, when, like, back in, like, 07, 08, when, like, ROH was running, like, different. Remember when they ran, like, Vegas one year? I think, yeah, in 07, that Survival of the Fittest was in Vegas. Oh, I and they were kind of running other, yeah, they ran, like, they ran California a few times before the wrestling reunion, and it was kind of, like, wasn't really bad. It's just kind of weird seeing ROH on the West Coast other than, like, the Cali stuff because they're never there, which sucks because, like, I can't get to see him. And it, had I been into him more, I had two times considering where I live at Phoenix. They did the Phoenix shows in 2010, and then in 2009 they were in Houston. Uh. Now, Sandra, another thing that seems to be cropping up is the fact that the waiting lists for DVDs, for people actually wanting to get a physical version of the product, because I think with, certainly with Shikara, normally it's about a week or so's uh, delay. And trying to think... It's a, you know it's like a couple of months, isn't it, for Shine and Shimmer and uh, Ring of Honor's normally a month or so, isn't it? If they have live events. Yeah, I believe so. And um, one of their representatives, uh, Sal, um, I, I, forgive me, I don't know his last name, but I know uh, Sal. He works for uh, their DVD department. He, so, he said that. Yeah, there you go. He stated on their Facebook page that um, he had took some time off. Some personal stuff happened. Uh, that's why uh, some of the DVDs got delayed. And also he explained that, like you say, when Chikara, they do their stuff fast. Uh, he actually wants to take time to make sure that uh, their quality is at their best. And they use different DVDs than the other companies. Um, that's why... Some of the DVDs uh, take much longer uh, than some of the other companies. Okay, so there is there is reasons behind the madness, and which also, is good. And also, when you think about it, um, it it's not two thousand like five or two thousand four when back then like DVDs are the thing. Uh, nowadays, it's it's much easier to get a to get the shows on a MP4 format, you know, or just watch it on their video on demand. But there are certain people that do want to have their the physical copies, the physical DVDs, and it's somewhat like a, you know, it's half and half. But yeah. hopefully, this thing will get resolved. Um, personally, I, I I don't mind if I I don't mind getting the shows on like an MP4 format because it's much easier to get it, and you're still going to get it on uh, DVD uh, quality. But, but you know, it is what it is. But hopefully, it will get better. <laughs> I can certainly see the impact of uh, that situation because my local blockbuster is shutting down at some point in the next few weeks, apparently. So I managed to get a crap load of DVDs today. But the reason why they've gone out of business or administration is because they didn't take advantage of the digital stuff because everybody wants digital. 
and love love film and all that and netflix have done that instead worldwide but it's the it's the same thing i think the digital is the way to go because that's the way people will want to see it most that's why going back to heart legacy wrestling i thought that was a good move but you know obviously a little too over ambitious but i that's the way to go unless of course you're tommy dreamer Yeah, and back to uh, Randy's point, uh, uh, as far as the bringing in more Japanese talent, um, here's the thing. Gabe Sapolsky, he has no power on who he wants to bring. It's actually the guys that, that's in the Dragon Gate office in Japan. They're the guys that pick who they want to send to the U.S. for their shows. So yeah. Gabe has he, no power over it. Yeah, basically, he's just control of like the Dragon Gate USA. W- w- it's, I guess it's the USA wing of Dragon Gate, is it? Because it's its own separate company. I, I think there there are a few representatives from the Dragon Gate Japan office in the in the states. Yeah, but as far as I know, uh, uh, Gabe is just controlling the booking. I don't know if he has yes. any other power besides that, but uh, the guys in the head office in Japan, they're the guys that are responsible to pick who they're going to send for their US shows. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I get, oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense now. Why they would it be on there? All right. Just trying to think as well. What are the, what have been some of the uh <clears throat> the moments of the year that have shone through in uh, either of the promotions you guys? Standro, start with you. <clears throat> well, let's just start in the beginning of the year for DGUSA, um Obviously, was the demise of Blood Warriors. Um, a few weeks earlier in Japan, they were doing the storyline where Blood Warriors were dissolving. And basically what happened was Tozawa basically took over the group and kicked out Shima, who was the leader at that time. And this would affect uh, the U.S. side as when the first show in the States, which was open the Golden Gate in Los Angeles, uh, Ricochet was not involved during that uh, melee and he was pretty much caught in the middle, and he wasn't sure if he was going to stay with Tozawa and Blood Warriors. Uh, eventually, uh, Ricochet was kicked out as well, and this eventually evolved, no pun intended, into Mad Blanky, which became the main heel group. Obviously, as well, Uha Nation was a part of the Blood Warriors, which automatically he was a part of Mad Blanky. But... Uh, not good things came out with uh, Uha Nation as uh, he would get injured at the, I believe it was the Heat show, uh, WrestleMania weekend, who should come back in about, I think, next month, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that ended up costing him. He was supposed to be in Best of the Best last year, too, that like he had to be taken out and replaced by Greg Exlett because of the injury he suffered in the main event. Because uh, actually looking at it, there isn't a lot of, as you said, Randy, there's not a lot of storylines, so we can't really go over some of the big storylines in the company. Well, yeah, we could, well, we can, but there wasn't any. The only one that seems to be evolving at the minute is the feud involving uh, John Davis and Johnny Gargano. Yeah. That one started kind of later in the year after which was more like this whole storyline that Don John Davis was the next time he lost, he was going to retire. And that like led to him winning style battle. And then he had the match with uh, Gargano where I think Gargano won by count out, I believe was why. And then Davis just snapped and ended up 
uh, hitting a razor's edge on Gargano through a table or from the from the ring to the outside, and then they have a no rope uh, no rope match coming up on the weekend shows. But there was uh, the main thing with Johnny Gargano. He had Akira Tozawa every once in a while. He would uh, defend against, but mainly it was uh, Johnny Gargano and Chuck Taylor, and the dissolve uh, the dissolution of Ronin. So there was fit. So Fist kind of reunited in GGUSA, kind of. Uh, they'd always been together for since they start and back in 2010. They when Ronan started, they had been together up until then. Okay. Because, yeah, actually, if you, if you think about it, if if you're looking for superstar of the year, I guess it has to be Gargano. Yeah, because he has been champion all year, hasn't he? With the uh, open the Freedom Gate title, or open the United Gate. Oh, open the United or, Gate. No, I, I actually yeah. take that back. I was I'm looking at open the United Gate. Uh, yeah, I was like, wait, open the Freedom Gate. Sorry, I'm all looking at these results. Yeah, open the Freedom Gate. <laughs> There's too many gates. Yeah. What happened to, where, where's Gate Gate? There, yeah, there are a lot of open the titles. Well, that's what all the titles are named. <laughs> So you get what you get. Open the goat face gate. <laughs> but, yeah. The, he's had some good matches, though, over the over the course of the year. It's not like that he's... It's kind of like Kingston last week when we were talking about Shikara. His matches have all been relatively... There's not been a weak match, I think. There Where really hasn't to be. The title's been on the line. Usually, yeah, you're getting a good match out of Gargano, like, even to start off the year, even though I know we're focusing more on Dragon Gate USA in this case, and Evolve, he was, was I going to say, um, he ended up injuring himself on the fuck, on, um, he injured, well, uh, at the final, yeah. Like two minutes in, he his back was like his legs were paralyzed. He couldn't even feel his legs, and like was wrestling a almost a thirty minute match, or at least twenty plus minutes uh, against Ricochet on an injured back. And that was the last show in the arena. And then there's a bit of controversy with that because like the fans were booing, were booing the match, even though. There's really nothing. They were doing nothing wrong. It was. It did it help that a lot of them were like there for like the whole ECW reunion. That was the big point of it. That was just a. There was just a typical ECW march that they didn't care about what was on before. They only care about the ECW. That's all. Yeah, they and sadly, they only they, came for Sabu versus just incredible. Yeah, PJ Palaco, Aldo uh, Montoya, whatever the oh, hell geez, it is man, can be called now. Yeah, and it it makes it's like, damn, that's pretty harsh, especially Johnny Gargano could have been possibly paralyzed from that because he said yeah, he couldn't feel his legs during the match and still What's wrestle that, that to get shit on. Yeah, I'd be pretty fucking pissed. <laughs> but other than that, he went through and had that. And his best defense possibly, I'd say, was the one against Chuck Taylor in the I Quit match. Some of the moves in that were some... Or I think that might have been evolved, but yeah, that was some pretty crazy shit they were doing in that match. Like, I remember seeing Gargano go through like a uh, barricade, and I was like, "Oh, oh damn!" Was, 
Yeah, it was hard watching, especially knowing yeah. the back and like <laughs> they took it some was- nasty pumps for people who you wouldn't think are hardcore at all, especially Chuck Taylor, even though. Like, I got to say, Chuck Taylor is also, I'd say, somebody I'd put as a runner-up or honorable mention. For a guy who's never serious, really, he knows how to, like, play comedy to a serious T, if that makes sense. Or he knows how to, like, tone it down, but still be kind of goofy and still, like, can be taken seriously, if that makes you know, sense. You, even though he's, I'm sorry, but I was going to say, you were talking about that match, and uh, one thing that sticks out to me was uh, a very... um. Uh, well, not a good moment, as uh, if you remember during that match, um, Johnny Gargano was going to, I believe, super kick Chuck Taylor, and they were literally nearby, uh, I guess, the ring bell uh, table, and Chuck Taylor got out of the way, and Gargano accidentally hit uh, the, a female who was at the table, and she took a very... Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> I could not believe that actually happened. I actually laughed, despite that was pretty fucked up, but I couldn't believe that actually happened. Just See, now I'm trying to think along the lines of ones to watch in 2013. Obviously, Davis is one of them, because they've been pushing him a fair bit towards the end of the year. I'm going to say... Oh, sorry, if you don't want to cut you off there, you... Well, the, the other one is one that we actually saw on, or there was a present on the Heart Legacy Wrestling, and is doing the rounds. Uh, I think he's supposed to be in AAA now. He is under uh, a mask, and that Samurai Del Sol, because I'd, I'd, even I know quite a lot of indie names, and even I knew that in 2011 before this show became this start. You know, this format. Yeah. I knew quite a lot of indie names and not heard the word Samurai Del Sol. He is now up there with Generico and all that in Kate in the names of this guy's being looked at by WWE and TNA seriously. Oh yeah, he's like I'll agree with you there and say he's definitely the one to watch for just him coming in in his debut. He defeats uh, Masada Yoshino as a mystery opponent. And this was a guy, they always mentioned this on commentary, that he was on at, like, one of the Dragon Gate seminars, I think, in 2010. And they told him, like, you need more, we like you, but we need more seasoning. He comes back, and, like, this was a guy, I had heard the name, but never really seen any of his matches. It was just one of those indie names you kind of hear around so much that, like, gets a buzz, but then that's kind of everybody and then like he can't and then he started showing up a bit more like he was in zzw and then drag at usa and it's just made a huge impact in wrestling and now triple a as well as octagon jr and here in dgsa was just crazy and, and even evolve and probably one of my top moments was the uh ser- the uh three uh, the series of three matches that el generico and samurai samurai del sol had Your thoughts on the, um, that, Sandra? Uh, yeah, just like Randy, um, I haven't heard his name. Uh, this was before he, he, he debuted for the promotion. I haven't heard his name around, but I did saw a few clips of him uh, during his stay in Mexico, and he looked kind of he looked he did look impressive, but I think he didn't need more he needed more seasoning. And uh, when he came with Andranga USA, uh, he looked good. And as the months went on, he looked very impressive. 
And yeah, I will agree. He's one of the guys to look out for in the promotion in 2000, in this year, 2013. But uh, I think someone who would definitely got an opportunity this year would have to be would have been Ar Fox. Oh yeah, that, he that's the guy that definitely <clears throat> that's the guy that definitely stepped up in the promotion this year uh, in both promotions. He he had a, a very good year. Uh, starting off with that feud, he uh, continued with Sammy Callahan. And uh, let's not forget about that match in the first show at uh, Open oh, the Golden Gate. Yes, that was which was brutal. Yeah, very brutal. Uh, and from then on, he he went on for better things. He became one half of the Open the United Gate Tag Champions with Shima. And since then, he's been on a roll. Uh, hopefully, he'll do better uh, this year. And he actually showed up in Dragon Gate too, or again in Dragon Gate. Oh, yes, yeah. He he had an opportunity to go to Dragon Gate Japan as well as Johnny Gargano uh, not that long ago. And from what I from what I heard, I haven't seen their their matches yet. I'm trying to catch up on Dragon Gate Japan, but from what I heard, they both of them were very well. Uh, they were both w- very well received in the promotion. Uh, the fans were they were happy with their matches from what they saw, and both of them. They actually were involved in a pay-per-view in Japan. Mm, it's pretty interesting because I know Gargano when Ronin started, they got, they were in Japan for a little bit, and then Rich Swan ended up getting a contract, becoming a full-time member, and then I know Ar Fox had went over for a little bit, but then he left and then like never came back. <laughs> like he was supposed to leave for some personal issue, which he never said, and then like. He didn't come back, and apparently, and I remember I'd wondered like, did he piss them off with that? But uh, well, he made it up with that. And if you have Shima behind uh, Shima behind you, you probably got he probably gave him the good word because <laughs> he seems yeah. to be like the liaison, well, yeah. one of the big liaisons there. Well, I'm assuming he had to, but um, yeah. Also, another thing to talk about as far as Evolve was uh, certain involvements with certain talents, and I'm talking about Fit Finley uh, during his short stay in, in, in Evolve. Um, you might remember his match he had with Sammy Callahan, uh, I believe it was during the springtime, uh, the rematch from their original match. I think it was back in the year prior. And then he had fall, another match with yeah. John Davis, which, which was okay. I, I thought it could have been better. I was expecting more of a strong style before between the those two guys, but it wasn't what I expected. It was it was more of a mat based wrestling, but I, I was I just wasn't happy with that match. I thought it could have been better. Well, that's what a lot of Finley's matches he was kind of doing, other than like because the ROH ones were really kind of slow paced, kind of mat work. And then well, the Callahan one was to an extent, but like that one had a bit more. It had a bit more of a feel to it, or like Callahan just going balls out, and then Finley just beating the crap out of Callahan, even with Callahan going 150 miles per hour. And one of the most surprising uh, appearances uh, for the promotion this year would have to been El Generico. Oh yes, that was because nobody was expecting him to show up at that uh, WrestleMania weekend, and everyone was very shocked. And he did very well for, for what it was it, for both promotions. Uh, I think the best thing that came out of that was the, 
the series of matches between himself and Samurai Del Sol, those matches yeah. were very well. And that eventually led to both of them teaming, and that came off very well. Too bad it had to end so soon due to El Generico now heading off to bigger and better things in the WWE. But yeah, Generico, when he debuted, that was... Because considering the, the day before, I think, or maybe that same night... Oh yeah, that day... The day before, he had the last man standing with Kevin Steen, and then that same day, he took on Jimmy Jacobs for Showdown in the Sun. So, yeah, that... And... That one, people, yeah, that one, people didn't see coming at all, and then you... Yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say with that one. Also, another surprise uh, was Low Key. Uh, Despite it was short... um, when the news originally came out that he was coming to the promotion, um, a lot of people, most of the uh, the diehards of the Dragon Gate brand, uh, were not happy because, you know, they know his reputations. Uh, you know, being a guy to deal—he's a hard guy to deal with. Him and Gabe's and, history, especially yeah. in Ring of Honor, is very that we could do a whole show probably on like because Loki quit ROH like at least twice. Maybe three times, I think, at one point. Yeah, it's... <laughs> but for what it was, I, I thought he had a, a good series of matches for the short time he was there. I, I think the one that sticks out the most was the match between himself and Pac at WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I thought that was a great match. And, and then there, a lot when of... He, or when he Go knocked ahead. out that... Was it Evolve 10, I think, when he knocked the shit out of Atu with the Capo uh, oh, kick? Yeah. Yeah, and like, where he's been. <laughs> like, I'll say with... Uh, he had a good run. It was a short run. The only thing I really didn't like was kind of how his character was. So much... It wasn't so much bad that he was bringing wrestling, but he was kind of a dick. Like, especially how he would talk, like... He, when he had the match with El Generico, he was like, oh, you're a good wrestler, but you're not that good of a wrestler. Like, literally, he would backhand compliment the shit out of El Generico, just like, oh, yeah, he's good, or, he, or like, Jigsaw, you should stop doing the comedy or all that. Like, being really, kind of uh, really backhanded, or I can't think of the word I was about to say for it, but just not. Oh, no, kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because it's like one minute he's pretty much, he was pretty much a face, and then, like, the next minute he's saying some very heedless stuff towards people he's supposed to respect. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a fan of his, but uh, the stuff that he did there during the sign was like, like seriously, man? Like, I don't know. And another thing that kind of bothered me was when he debuted at the Open the Golden Gate show. Um, after the main event, he was talking with uh, Shima and Mochizuki. Uh, while he was putting him over, he was bringing up points with, that got me confused. I'm like, like what? He basically, telling saying that uh, most of it was. It seems like he was telling, he was talking to him like he knew them, like he knew their history, like he was there when most of their accomplishments was done. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you bringing that up when you wasn't even there? I mean, yeah, you were probably in Japan when it happened, but you weren't in the same promotions. Definitely would have been like he was in zero. I know zero one would have been very early on when they were like Toriyamon, and then it would have been New Japan at or if any of their success. I want to say so. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of stuff kind of it, it bothered me. I don't know why he did that, but he tried to get over. I guess. But I, I I was hoping one of the matches that we would get out, or actually two matches I was hoping we would get out was Low Key versus Tozawa and Low Key versus uh, Masaki Mochizuki, oh, which, was, yes. which was one match I was dying to see. I was hoping it would happen, but due to Low Key returning to New Japan, uh, I guess he had to cut his deal with Gabe and... Uh, Currently, he's, he's doing very well in Japan with New Japan. Yeah, it's probably commitment. I think, yeah, commitment-wise, he can't, and it's with another company. Not that, because as far as I know, Drangian and New Japan are on good terms, if any terms, that they deal with. Well, yeah, hell, they had pocket the Super Junior, so it ain't like they wouldn't deal with him, but yeah. That really would have been good to see, because like, for people that don't know Masaki Mochizuki too much, I know we brought him up in here before. One of the probably hardest hitters i've ever seen holy shit he can hit and he has a, a very well reputation uh not only with dragon gate but just in wrestling all together in japan and uh he's known as the iron man of dragon gate because i believe he's like in his 40s and the guy could still go like in his prime I think I remember hearing something about like 2010 or 2011. He went the whole year and only lost like two singles matches, I think. Yeah, I believe it was um, 2011. Yeah. He was uh, the Open the Dreamgate champion for that entire year uh, until he lost it to Shima. So, <clears throat> match of the year. Which one was the best, if you can managed to pick one. Damn, that's hmm. a hard one. Jeez, oh, that's... I don't know. There, there were so many good matches. Um, it's kind of hard to pick which one. But one of the... Ma- I'm just going to pick a couple of them because I can't just pick one. Um, obviously, one that stands out was uh, Low Key versus Pac at our WrestleMania weekend. I thought that was a great match. Uh, I believe the first encounter between El Generico and Samurai Del Sol at one of the Evolve shows was fantastic. Uh, um, trying to think of one more. Uh. Given how much I've heard of it from other people, I'd be tempted to include one of the El Generico Samurai matches. He already did. He included the first one. Okay. Yeah, I did. Well, well actually, you can put the second well, one. Include, the, se- include the second one on the third one as well. <laughs> hmm. Oh, actually, you know what? I'll pick one more, and I just thought of it. Um, it happened kind of recently. It was between the uh, Sammy Callahan and El Generico match that happened recently at uh, Uprising. I thought that was a really good match, in my opinion. The two out of three falls match. I thought they did very well together. And, uh, you know, Sammy Callahan, that's another guy that uh, we've got to talk about. Um, that's another guy, as I said, that's a guy to look out for. Uh, he was very, he did pretty good for his run in the brand, but I thought he could have been, he could have been booked better. Uh, well, they had that whole um, suspension thing they did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought that could have been shorter, but I guess they wanted to stretch that out. 
The ironic thing is, half the names we've mentioned here are probably going to get me mentioned in the one we do for CZW. Oh, yeah, they probably will. <laughs> but, Randy, your your top matches. It doesn't have to be a definitive one. I'm not. We're not being that stupid. Um. Yeah, I'm going to put... Let me see. The I Quit match definitely gets on there because Gargano and Taylor put themselves through... Some things you would, uh, I think one of the things is you wouldn't necessarily, like I said, like I brought up before, you wouldn't expect it out of them just because of like kind of how they do. They're more kind of comedic or like Gargano. You, you wouldn't associate them with really hardcore stuff, if any, or I should say hardcore, but like, yeah, pretty much that violence or whatever. Uh, the I quit match. I'd say the first. The third Generico Del Sol match wasn't bad, but the first two were like, especially because it was like one, and then the next one was the next day. And like, both of them, like, almost as a package. I'd say Tozawa Gargano, I remember, was, un- I want to say, un- it would have been untouchable, I think, was, I forget which one, but I remember that one was good. Um, who else was I trying to say? There was, um, Evolve wise, also the Evolutions End match from Evolve 12 with AR Fox and Sammy Callahan had one of the craziest spots I've ever seen AR Fox do, where there's a ladder on the other side of the ring and Ca- uh, Callahan standing, uh, standing. It, it lets the ring, then the ladder next to it, and then Callahan. Uh, Fox jumps over the ladder, does a topic. Does a Tope con Hilo over the ladder onto Sammy Callahan, landing onto the table that was right conveniently right behind Sammy Callahan? I gotta, I gotta watch that footage again. Yeah, that, that. <laughs> crazy. That was like I'd almost say spot of the year, close to it, or at least for then. That was a really crazy looking spot, considering like a lot could have gone wrong with that. <laughs> And um, guess I'll just go with that because the uh, there's some other ones, but some I can't really think of off the bat. Uh, um, Cena, remember Key Generico was really good, even though I was bringing up how uh, Key would later just badmouth Generico for the rest of it. But other than that, that's really about it. Or I think uh, honorable mention I'll put is the Super Smash Brothers and. Excuse me, against Ricochet and Rich Swan. That was a very crazy, high-flying, fast-paced affair between them. Show of the year. <clears throat> uh, From the way you talked about it, the, um, the, the WrestleMania one, which I believe was Mercury Rising. Yeah, the WrestleMania ones were pretty good. Because it, it, it was, that was the one that had uh, the... As you said, I think that was from, from what I from what I've read. It was apparently El, El Generico's second match that day, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, because he would. Yeah, Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, because he would have fought Jimmy Jacobs right beforehand. Huh. Show of the year. Um... I don't know. It, it's kind of difficult to say because not every show was like was like like a plus. Uh, some of them were yes, like that's in the a middle. Good thing to bring up. And this is this pretty much involves evolve as well. Um, both both brands they didn't have like 
excellent show. Some of them were like in the middles. I don't know if it's easy. I don't know if it's easy to to say which one because not all of them were that good. But I guess yes. I would have to say I probably have to pick the their their first show of the year, which was open the the Golden Gate. I thought that show was really well from top to bottom. Yeah. <clears throat> so, is there any? I guess that's I guess that's where you could do your negative point then. Yeah, that'd be definitely because we always try and get the you know we always try and get the worst moment. But what we're basically saying is the worst moment has been the shows because they haven't been. I guess what you're trying to say is they haven't been consistent. They're, they they have good shows, but the matches aren't always consistent to the point yeah. where literally mostly the main event matches are the ones to see. And then it's not so much that the mid card's bad, but it's just there's certain people in the mid card that the fans can really give a shit for. The fans really are kind of quiet for a lot of matches unless like a lot of craziness is going on. Um. Oh, I can, that's the only thing I can really say really worse about that, other than like angles wise. I don't know. I don't mind the. Uh, I was about to say the gentleman's club, but actually, I like the gentleman's club a lot. I was gonna say I don't mind the scene, but a lot of people, especially a lot of people I've seen on the internet, really aren't fans of the scene, especially Larry Dallas in particular. Although his, his, his character is kind of, <laughs> there's a reason for him to hate him because he's supposed to be a scumbag and shit. Um, and that's about it, really, other than, like, there's not, I think they did a good thing by having Dragon Gate USA and then Evolve right after, so at least you're going to see one of each. Well, I'm going to be in the minority uh, as, far as, as far as the scene, because I kind of like the scene. I don't care what you say, I kind of like that's them. That's not like them, but yeah. I was thinking how other people are, they're but okay. But if you take out their, you know, their their silliness, you know, their shenanigans, yeah, they've been pretty much on a roll as far as the tag team. They've been doing very well, even to as a point as Scott Reed um, getting an opportunity to go to Dragon Gate Japan and doing very well for himself there as well. And they've been pretty much dominant in the tag team division. Division, excuse me. And speaking of that division, I think the. In the beginning, it wasn't that good. It was uh, a bit similar to what uh, the WWE used to be, as not that much focus on tag teams. As the as the months go by, I think the tag team division in both Giant Gate USA and Evolve it it's been somewhat improved by adding more teams, by bringing in uh, the Super Smash Brothers, uh, putting together El Generico, Samurai Do Soul, uh, as well as you got uh, different different wrestlers from the 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 main guys, you know, guys from the Duff, guys from the Gentleman's Club, uh, you know, guys from Mad Blanky and so on. It's been somewhat uh, beefed up as far as the division. And hopefully they'll do better uh, as, the, as the months go by this year. So I guess grades now. Uh, my grade from... From what I've heard of it and heard reports from various places on the internet, I'm probably going to say something like uh, a B minus. 
yes, they do have good matches, but as uh, as you guys have discussed already, consistency-wise, uh, overall for shows, they're not ju- they're not going really good yet. But there's enough talent in the roster, like Del Sol, like Ar Fox, like Callahan, like all these other names, that have the potential to 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 take it up a notch. We'll have to see what happens in 2013, but uh, Randy, your grade? I'm going to say a C plus, kind of. I'm still, like, I'm liking them a little more. I'm still not really the biggest fan. There's, like, the thing with me, with them, like, I like watching the matches, but I don't necessarily look forward to the shows all that much. Like, I still watch the show, but it isn't necessarily like, oh, the next, or, like, say, PWG show or Chikar show or, other indies or like CZW even like kind of look more forward to like a lot of the stuff on the show. Whereas DGSA, I kind of look forward to maybe more of the matches, so to say, although the shows have been good, but it's just, I know it's good. They're still on the plus. It's just that. And like, it really, there's a lot of, and I kind of liked how they had the whole stable thing, even though like it didn't work out for Gabe so much when he did it in ROH. I did like the whole blood warriors, and uh, what well, uh, Junction uh, World One, and then they broke up the Junction Three, and then the Mad Blanky thing. I kind of would have wanted to see Tozawa win the belt more. I didn't mind Gargano with it, but he'll probably lose it pretty soon. I'm pretty sure because it's already. I don't want to say his run's getting old, even though that's kind of how I'm feeling at some point. Mm-hmm. But oh well, he's still been putting up some good matches, so I'm not really worried about <laughs> that. But nonetheless, it will be a C plus, sadly. Sandra? Uh, I'm going to go with a... I'm going to go with a B-. Some of their booking could have been better. Uh, I think some of their locations for shows could have been better as well. Uh, Despite uh, some of the lack of storylines and... um, How can I put this? Um... I guess lack of booking uh, as far as certain people involved in matches, especially title matches. But the matches were good, some of them. Um, they did have a couple of good shows. As I said, not all of them were, were great, but they did have a couple of good shows. Uh, hopefully it will get better. I hope it does. But as, as I said, it's going to be a B minus. Okay. <clears throat> so that is our take on Dragon Gate USA and Evolve 2012. Next week, I think just to mix it up a little bit, is going to be Best of the Rest, which will be. <clears throat> I'm just trying to think. We'll t- we'll talk about Shine and Shimmer. We'll talk about, I guess, Japan and Mexico. Probably some AIW, um, AAW. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about we'll PWG? About PW. Oh, PWG. They probably deserve their own year interview. That's yeah. that's what that's what I'm I'm do because it's National Pro Wrestling Day next week. Uh, I okay. want to try and do the best of the rest, but then the following week. Given CZW is going to be having a doubleheader with the WSU, I was thinking of doing CZW that week. 
And then I have PWG got a show that week as well because I could put CZW and. Hey, do not know. I need to check on their site right now. PWG together, they, but they they haven't announced a, a show yet. Okay. We might do PWG last because I th- I, I think we'll uh, we'll we'll we we close the the review segment strong and we are, as we open them strong because. Obviously, Ring of Honor is probably the biggest indie that there is at the minute. And Shikara, for, Shikara for me, certainly. Spoiler alert for the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's probably been the best out of a lot of them. But not to say that other moments in other companies haven't impressed me either. But I'm, I will get to that next week. Hashtag seven levels of hate. Well, that's all I'm saying. Well, it seems, well, it seems, it seems like we'll we'll save the best for last, which is PWG, which I I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. We we've we as I say, we started out strong with, well, arguably Kevin Steen, and we're finishing with Kevin Steen. <laughs> Kevin Steen is bookending this show, apparently, or this year in review section, but. Yeah, next week we'll do a mix of some of the things that you certainly should check out. Especially with the fact that... um, Was it all over 2012? I'm trying to remember. I think, no, because the the first match from NWA Hollywood is actually on YouTube from the Seven Levels of Hate, so... Right, I'm I'm already telling you what's happening next week. This is not good. So ignore what you last heard, people. We'll keep it in because then it leaves you like leaves you wanting more, possibly. I don't know, but we'll uh, take a quick break for and head into our final segment, where we're going to stick with Dragon Gate as we go through the card for. This Saturday and Sunday show, we talked about Fridays on the last podcast, so uh, check that out if you haven't. If you want our thoughts on Akira Tozawa and versus John Morrison in the main event. And if considering where it is in California, that's not too far from Arizona. That's, that's all I'm saying. There might Something might happen on Sunday. And no, it's not Shelton Benjamin. Actually, yeah, I definitely know California is not far from Arizona because <laughs> I, I see California stuff when I am in Arizona. So that might be as well. Y'all heard the news about that. We'll tell you in the next that segment. That might be a little tease. Just a little bit. Uh, are there any other shows that are happening this weekend, guys? I can't remember. Uh, um, yeah, there is a AAW show uh, this Friday. Okay, then we shall go through picks for them as well then. So, with that, uh, we'll go for a few commercials and we'll see you in a few minutes for more of the whole indie show on the SNS Radio Network.
Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, wa- I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she- I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W., and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. JJ His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... ...the most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library. And it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. 
The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. Final part of this week's whole indie show with Sandro, Ashley, and Randy. You see, I'm going to mix these names up. Anyway, we're going to get to some picks now, or as, m- as many picks as we can give for matches that are billed for a few events. We'll start off actually with the AAW event happening this Friday. Well, I say this Friday, but note to uh, AAW's website. Apparently, your event is the Chaos Theory 2013, which is happening on the 25th of January 2012. Oh, okay, I just noticed that. (laughs) 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 Okay, now, I wish we could, uh, if this did come out early enough. Great Scott! (laughs) This might be after last week, Great Scott. (laughs) This might be something to post on the Facebook, but yeah, as I'm seeing right now, it says Friday, January 25th. (laughs) Oh man! Sometimes people forget that it's the new year. In this case, AAW yeah. does. Maybe Eric Cannon was doing it while drunk. Of course, he's <laughs> the official sponsor for uh, Pap's Blue Ribbon, which I found out is legit too. Good for him. Shit, getting extra money. Hell yeah, getting extra money. I get to drink a beer while all that just to promote it, and the announcers bring it up all the time. <laughs> Although I gotta say, so- I don't really like that beer that much, but. Either way, more more money to him. (laughs) Uh, First match we'll talk about is Mischief versus Nevaeh. Um, I'm gonna say Mischief because I know she's a AEW regular there. I'll say Mischief as well, Sandro. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the opposite. I'm gonna go with Nevaeh. Oh, should be a good match anyway, though. The four. Shane Hollister versus Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, just because he's got momentum, I'd say probably for that one, Hollister. Hollister, yeah, he, he's the one with the push now. Although Jacobs just lost, uh, they've been losing the tag titles, but yeah. I would say Hollister, Hollister is the one that's on the rise. I think Jimmy's gonna he's going to do something crazy in this match and... I think that might help him out, so I'm going to go with Jimmy Jacobs. He's going to bring out another spike. (laughs) This time in tribute to the dead Saints Row franchise, it's going to look like a big purple dildo. 
Oh no! Oh my god! There was. I know somebody used a dildo. <laughs> He's done before. a lot of crazy shit in AAW before. Well, yeah, the one they didn't even. I was looking forward to see if it was in the <clears> video. <throat> they only see the you don't see the the post match thing. They show like them kind of spilling the beer. But yeah, that was apparently there was a big enough a big a big enough stink to take that off the release. Mm. Now we've got some first round matches in the AEW Heritage Championship Tournament. So we've got Vic Capri versus Davey Vega. Um, I don't think I've seen Capri. I know I've seen Vega. Of course, we've seen Vega's Mission Squad. So, sorry to go with familiarity, but in this case, since I'm barely really starting to get a bit more acclimated, I'm going to say Davey Vega. <laughs> Sandra? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Vic. I'm going to go with Vic Capri because he's named after a car. <laughs> That's my only. I am not aware of. Yeah, anybody that names themselves after a car is always awesome. Like Mercedes Martinez, or Lexus. Uh, oh, it has two X's too in WSU. Um, my, my army Toyota. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Antonio Honda. Mm. <laughs> I got that reference. Oh yeah, the Italian four horse. <laughs> That was awesome. Um, the next match, then, I guess. Yeah, next one, Kylo Riley versus TD Thomas. I think that's Tedarius Thomas. I'm not too sure on that. Oh, if that's the case, hello. Um, this one, I'm a, I got Kylo Riley. He's been doing things in AEW. I think even with Tedarius, if it is Tedarius Thomas, I think O'Reilly will come out on top of that one. Sandra? I'm going to go with uh, Kyle O'Reilly as well. Okay. Next up, Matt Fitchett versus Christian Abel. <clears throat> um, I haven't heard from Christian Abel in a while, and I know Matt Fitchett just got back from uh, injury. he blown out his knee last year and then just came back at ACW's uh, Guilty by Association 7. Oh, I probably should have brought that up, but... Save that for another time. Either way, I would say um, Matt Fitchett. Yeah, Matt Fitchett comes back from injury. Given that, given what you said with the return from injury, I'm guessing he'll probably get a push from that. So I'll say Fitchett as well. Sandra. Yeah, I'm going to go with Matt as well. Uh, for ne- Sandra, we go to you for this next one: Prince Ali versus ACH. ACH. <laughs> yeah. ACH. <laughs> <laughs> so, if anybody names themselves ab- a- 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 about two of the best re- two of the best boxers ever, Muhammad Ali and Prince Nassim Ahmed, that's a bit weird. So yeah, the ACH love in continues for this show. I think I think ACH is winning everything that we've done so yeah, far. Yeah, we. I don't think I. <laughs> Very rarely, I think I have actually gone against him. If I have, I think we always do. Not that that we. There will probably be a day when I'm be like, yeah, he won't win this. But that's pretty much. I'd say like, I don't know the flavor of the. Not even the flavor of the month. That's like uh, patron saint here. I don't know the flavor of TWIS. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe I should bring that he, back. The indie star of the month. <laughs> he is the new Colt Cabana. Hey, Colt. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so far, billed as the main event, the AAW Tag Team Championship match with the Irish Airborne taking on Davey Richards and a partner of his choosing. Hmm. I'm just wondering whether the partner could be Michael Elgin. That's what I was thinking as well, because I believe in the last show, I think they, they wrestled each other, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. I think there was a show of respect, I think, after, after everything they've been for <clears throat> in 2012. Looking at the lineup of who's confirmed for, for the show, I think it could be Michael Elgin, um, but I'm going to go with the champs. I wish I were born for the win. Because uh, are AAW part of the WrestleCon? No, they no. are. They are part of National Pro Wrestling Day, though. Yep. Okay. So. Oh yeah, Irish Airborne. I don't even like. I think Elgin's gonna end up defending the title, even though I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up the partner for Davy Richards. But I'm gonna still say Irish Airborne. How long have Irish Airborne been tag champs? Since, I was about to call the show Night of Infamy. Windy City Classic, because they beat Cannon Which and Jacobs. was? November, I believe? Yeah, November. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the funny. show that um, Ken, Sam- <coughs> Ken Shamrock was supposed to be on. Um, oh, they yeah. talk a lot of shit about Ken Shamrock on <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> ankle lock, ankle lock. Which, although some of uh, it is, well, oh yeah, Davy Richards in the main event. <laughs> oh, you can guess. <laughs> but I don't think they referenced that. Or you might have. But either way, you'll hear a lot of Ken Shamrock bashing when you watch Indie, uh, Indie City Classic. Windy City Classic. 2012. Because um, of, t- of the length of their title reign, I think they're still. Classic 8. There we go. I think there's still more time for them to have the belts for a bit longer, so I'm going to say Irish Airborne retained somehow. Although I think that the uh, the, f- the final pick that we have to do is a dollar twenty-five for beers at the bar. Win or fail? <laughs> time to get drunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some dollar twenty. I wonder how much the beers are at PWG or those pitchers because I'd be seeing they have a lot oh, of. Oh God! Those. <laughs> well, I'm those sure are they're the, making the drunks of the drunks. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're making sell. a lot of money. Yeah. See, I you see with, with with prices being that low, now I'm just wondering if AAW have got any events in or around when. Uh, when Crelly's going to be over in America. Um, Probably not. He'd have to go, because he's going to be in my neck of the woods again, Texas. He'd have to go all the way up north in Chicago. Yeah. For AW. If he go, uh, if he's there at the right time, he might get to see uh, Energy Championship Wrestling, because they do shows around that area. And I know they. I was, I was just. I was. I was just thinking he'd go to the AAW show because the beers are a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> Probably would too if I can get my way over to Chicago, or, or excuse me, Berwyn, Illinois. 
but uh, now we'll jump into the Dragon Gate card for this Saturday, starting with the California Fray, which basically looks to be a bat. I guess a battle royal slash royal rumble. Because the rules are that two men start and every two minutes another enters, but eliminations can take place any time by pinfall, DQ, or submission. And the last man standing is the winner. And the people listed to be participating are Representative Brian Kendrick School of Wrestling, Ray Rosas, Johnny Goodtime, Johnny Yuma, Drake Younger, and Brian Cage. So uh, all people... Well, uh, sorry to interrupt, but you missed out two people. Um, they just added uh, B-Boy and Famous B into the match. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Please tell me that's on Dragon Gate's website. It's actually on their... They have their this, like email system that they send out and they give out news and everything. Okay. So that's where it came from. They haven't updated their website then. Good job. <laughs> so they're adding all the uh I was about to say they're adding a lot of it's uh, pretty much PWG people. Uh Ray Rosas hasn't wrestled there in a while, but everybody else, Brian Cage, of course, we saw him on Impact not too long ago. Drake Younger wrestles in PWG now more frequently because he actually lives in California. That's why he hasn't been showing up in CTW so much. He moves out to Cali. Uh, yeah. Human Good Time, Rockness Monsters, Ray, uh, and then Brian Kendrick, of course, is from California. So it's going to be interesting to see that one. So um, I'm going to say Drake Younger wins it just for the hell of it. Ooh. It's between either Cage or Younger. The reason I'm thinking this, too, because... A big thing to add on the next show, the winner of this match will face Johnny Gargano. So, I kind of, I'm gonna say Cage. Maybe, maybe they want to, especially with him appearing on TNA, that might help a little bit more. I'm good, Brian Cage. I wanted to say younger, but I'm gonna go Cage. Sandra, <clears throat> uh, you just gave my exact my exact answer already, and I'm gonna say <laughs> Brian Cage as well. Copy and paste. <laughs> Then the special attraction match, Rip Swan versus the mystery Young Drangate wrestler, which this is one of the the, the, the match, matches happening over the weekend where... Who did you think it was again, uh, Sandro? <clears throat> uh, I said it was either going to be Eita or Tomonaga, but most likely it's probably Eita. For this, for this one, I'm... T- for this one, I think they might give it to Ada. Depends. Depends what they want to do. I'm not sure. One one of them, the, the young guy is going to win. They're going to get like the upset victory, and I think, I think they could do it against one. I don't know. But what are your thoughts, Andrew? Um. Yeah, I'm going to go with the young Dragon Gate wrestler. Uh, I wanted to go the young Dragon Gate wrestler, but I think they're going to build up Swan a little more for the Evolve title tournament coming up, so I'm going to say Swan. Uh, 
uh, before you before you go on, um, Ashley, uh, since you, I'm assuming you got the the card from the from the website, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, they just added an extra match for this show, and it's going to be Chuck Taylor taking on Eric Cannon. Oh, it says here more to be signed with Chuck Taylor. Yeah, I noticed notice. that. I was like, I bet they're gonna have a match, <laughs> and look what happened. There you go. They had it. Damn it. Um, I think I'm trying to remember is Taylor or is Taylor or Cannon or both of them supposed to be in the hunt for the title? Uh, Taylor definitely Cannon. Yeah, sure. I'm probably, I'm probably Taylor will probably get the win because they'll try and build more towards. Taylor and Gar- Gargano possibly happening again, which it probably won't. Yeah, I'm gonna say Chuck Taylor. It's Cannon's been in the mid card pretty much the whole time in DGSA. Like he he's done some stuff, but he hasn't really done a lot compared to even like I'd say Callahan more out of the members of the uh, Dirty Ugly Fucks or DUF. Yeah. Uh. Then we've got <laughs> oh my word, oh, AR Fox versus Samurai Del Sol. Nobody loses, everyone wins. That is all. Hmm. That's gonna be a. That's got potential to be a great match. I've seen there will be. I've seen them in CZW. They can go. The super. They had a match at Super Saturday and. At best of the best last year, so these guys will definitely deliver here. I think they might just give the edge to AR Fox though, so I'm gonna say Fox to win. I'm gonna say Fox too. Um tough to choose. Um you know I'm I'm gonna go with Samurai Dilso. That's fair because I I'm 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 not sure about that one. I want both of them to win, but they can't both win unless it's double DQ. No, because then they, then there's no win. Oh, anyway, dream singles match up next. We have Akira Tozawa taking on Sammy Callahan, which is again this is another potentially brilliant match. Uh <coughs> I'm tempted to say Callahan because I don't know whether Tazar was in the hunt for the Evolve title. No, no, he's been focused on the Freedom Gate title. Yeah, yeah, but Johnny Gargano is going for the Evolve title. Yeah, it's true. Well, Johnny Gargano wants to hold both belts, apparently. Because obviously, obviously, all this. All these shows will be headlining towards Evolve because there aren't any shows in between then and now, I believe, is there? Apart from the National Pro Wrestling Day little thing that they've got going. Mm, not that I know of. But there, there could be an Evolve show around March because WrestleCon is in April, so maybe they'll have one more show yeah. before. <clears throat> Mm. This is another tough one as well, but I'm going to go with Tozawa. I think he needs to win more. 
was thinking that, yeah, Tozawa's kind of been um, down and out slightly. Man, Blinky's really not at the forefront of DGSA. Kind of never really were, to be honest. Even though it probably hurt that Uha Nation got injured. But um, I'm going to say Callahan. I think Callahan really steps up against Tozawa. And Tozawa continues what's been somewhat of a downward spiral for him. Now, this, next up, the special tag team attraction, the Young Bucks taking on Jimmy Susumu and Ryo Saita. <clears throat> I'm say the Young Bucks, especially that it's in Cali. Not that that would yeah, matter, I, think, but... I think for this, I think for this one, the Bucks will probably win it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna have to agree as well, Young Bucks. And then your main event. The Open the Freedom Gate title in a no-rope match. Which is Johnny Gugano defending against John Davis. Now, no-ropes means actual no-ropes, yes, doesn't it? Yes, no-ropes. Because when I've noticed on no-ropes matches on, like, the ECW games for the PS1, then, it's suddenly, then the no-ropes actually just become barbed wire. Well, Which you don't get. Well, <laughs> they usually say no rope barbed wire match. They just put it together. So they screwed up on the captioning by just saying no ropes. No, nah, there's literally that's no. there's not like barbed wire. There's no ropes. That's like yeah. yeah. That's no, but I'm saying oh, yeah. on the game. I mean, yeah, no, I get what you mean. I think, uh, on the game, I think it says no ropes. And it's like oh, well, there is rope. Game. Okay, it's just they're made out of slightly hurtful barbed wire. I just thought you were comparing. Yeah. Well, you kind of were comparing. No. I thought you meant, oh, that was it. All right, yeah. So I guess no ropes match. This is going to be kind of like Suma. <laughs> oh, bring back Akibona. <laughs> just came back, too. Speaking of Zero One, yeah. I found out he's the champion there in Zero One. Ooh. But, um. Don't mess, I, don't mess with your Zuna, too. <laughs> this is. As far as I know, I don't think I've ever... I may have seen one or two no-rope matches, but I do know this is a big specialty match in Dragon Gate. This is the feud ender your... Uh, I guess your Hell in a Cell match, essentially. Although, without the cell and no ropes. <laughs> but regardless of that fact, it's... I was uh, we were, I was mentioning earlier in the last segment how I thought like Gargano's been... Hold on to the for a long time, and I was thinking he might drop it soon, which I'm wondering if he will to John Davis because Davis has gotten the better of him for the most part. But I just, I don't know, it seems like they're still, like I think if Gargano lost it, it would it be bad? But I, don't, I think they're saving it for somebody. I don't know who exactly, or it might just be John Davis, but I don't know, I think Gargano somehow is able to beat Davis and retain. Yeah, it, what it says is Gargano will face the winner of a California Freight. doesn't say anything about a title being on the line. Well, he probably was going to defend it twice either way, even if he does retain it. I'm just, I'm just wondering whether they drop it to Davis to give Gargano free run to actually go for the Evolve title. But then again, if Gagano gets the Evolve title, he'll probably have to 
give up the Freedom Gate title anyway. Probably not. If anything, they just... If anything, he just had to defend just the Dragon Gate solely on the Dragon Gate USA shows or Dragon Gate shows and the occasion he does go back to Japan and defend it like he did uh, when he was there. believe against Air Fox was one of the matches. So... Yeah, I'm a bit in two minds, but I think I'll I think I'll say Gagano retains as well. Yeah, I'm going to agree as well, uh, Johnny Gargano. Okay, uh, <clears throat> now the Sunday event. I'm trying to see if there's uh, now wondering if any other matches have been added to that from Sandro's email. <laughs> uh. <coughs> Yeah, uh, well, I guess, uh, but you kind of mentioned it. Um, Drake, Young, Drake Younger did say he will face either Johnny Gargano, and that's if he wins the Frey match, or he'll face John Davis if he doesn't win the match. Okay. Uh, but there's nothing else about, because it says here, more to be signed with Rich Swan, Eric Cannon, John Davis, Drake Younger, and others. Okay, now that you mentioned that, there was another match added. And you just said it, which was Rich Swan versus Eric Cannon. <laughs> Brilliant. So, um, I think. Do you want to give picks for those two? Yeah. Um, so, start with you, Sandra. Uh, well, I don't want Eric Cannon going on a losing streak the whole weekend. I'm going to go with Eric Cannon. So I don't want Rich Swan going with a losing streak all weekend. <laughs> so I can't remember whether we put picked him over on Friday, but... Um, yeah, I think... I'll, I'll go with you, Sandra, and say Cannon will win that. Randy? I'm going to say Eric Cannon. Okay, the the California fray thing we can't we can't really pick accurately enough. I think you know, it's like the equivalent of uh, picking for the Royal Rumble, which we will do, or at least the other two guys will do. I won't because I've already done it. Days of future past. Uh, the special attraction match: Chuck Taylor versus the. Probably Aita, the young Dragon Gate wrestler. See, I think for this one, Chucky T will get momentum again, so I'll say Chuck Taylor will win this one. Um, I don't know why I want to go with this, but I would say the mystery wrestler beats Chuck Taylor. Ooh. That'll be like, I guess, the bold prediction for me. Yeah, the mystery wrestler beats Chuck Taylor. Sandra? <coughs> I'm going to go with Chucky e. T. Next up, another special challenge match with Ryo Saito taking on Samurai Del Sol. This, this looks, this again looks pretty strong on paper, but 
think this time I'm going to give it to Saita. Um, I'm going to say Dos Sol. Sandro. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Saito. Okay, uh, next up, the special attraction match, Sammy Callahan versus Jimmy Suzuma. Callahan. That was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I have to agree. I think Callahan will win that as well. I don't know. This is a good match. Um, on paper, this is like a good match, but I'm going to go with the opposite. I'm going to go with Jimmy Susumu. Then the main event, the Young Bucks taking on AR Fox and Akira Tozawa. Which I'm, I'm in two minds about. Because I think you... Yeah. Actually, no, I'm not in two minds about thinking about it. I think this is where AR Fox and Akira Tozawa will probably win. It's getting too much of a trend that everywhere the Young Bucks go, they just win everything. Shikara, they win everything. PWG, they definitely do. Actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, it wasn't too bad this year, or last year. Although, how did they start this year? <laughs> win back the PWG titles and win DDT for the third time, meaning that they've only lost in DDT for, I think, twice. And even then, were they eliminated first round or late on? Last year, they were in the first round. And then in 2011, they lost to... Was it 20? No, 2011, they won. Uh, 2010, they lost to Generico and Paul London, Pligro at Bejas. Sandra, your thoughts? Well, first off, I don't, I don't understand why they're putting AR Fox and Tosawa together. That doesn't make any sense. I I don't see those two getting along during that match, so I'm gonna go with the Young Bucks. I'm gonna say, I think if I did already make my pick already, Fox and Tozawa. I just think that one time only thing. Maybe that's the reason why. I like how they did, and I'm probably need to watch this after I finish Ted Petty Invitational. Um, they'll probably attack each. They'll probably attack each other after the match and just go, God damn it. Bum, bum. Possibly. It's like when it was uh, the after the Joe Kobashi show, they had a tag match where I think it was Joe and it was Samoa Joe and Loki versus Homicide and Kenta Kobashi, which was like, why would you, especially because Samoa Joe had been real, still been, actually I think the feud had already ended by then, the Homicide, the Rottweilers and Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe, but yeah, Joe and Loki who never really liked each other in Ring of Honor. Uh, and then Loki's partner going up against him, but the big thing was they were trying to apparently they were trying to do like Loki and Kenta Kobashi, but couldn't because apparently Noah had a rule. I don't know if that's really what it was, but apparently he had a rule against heavyweights fighting the junior heavyweights or something. But that really would have been a match to see Loki and Kenta Kobashi, even though I bet Kenta would have destroyed Loki. No, he would have. <laughs> Although Loki would have gotten his fair share of shots, but. 
especially if you've seen Joe Kobashi and saw how Kenta Kobashi just ran through Samoa Joe, like Samoa Joe ran through everybody else in Ring of Honor from his debut against Loki at Glory by Honor in 2002 to that point. <laughs> like, yeah, you watch any early ROH and you just <coughs> beating the shit out of people like, well, like, yeah, you saw it in TNA. <laughs> and even if you watch the Kenta Kobashi match, it's almost like like how the bully picks on somebody and then like the bully found a match like his match the guy who can beat his ass <laughs> like everybody else mhm uh so that's all the picks indie wise but i've got to turn to the guys picks for the royal rumble cuz hey it's one of the big four i guess technically tna was one of the big four but that was because we had too much on the plate there's too many indie shows that week. This time, there's not as many. Probably because we did uh, the Friday show for Dragon Gate last week. If it wasn't for that, this wouldn't have happened. So, I'll get yours guys' picks on this. Start off with the pre-show, the US title on the line with Cesaro defending against The Miz. Sandra? I'm going to be biased here. I'm going to go with that, Antonio Cesaro. Okay, uh... Andy? Um, I'm not I'm not minding this Miz face turn so much. It's kind of I don't know. It's probably going to take a little to get used to because he up and he this is his first time at uh he hasn't really been a face since uh he debuted and even then that got botched. Well, it got botched because Palmer Cannon quit. But um, I'm gonna say Cesaro. Cesaro's been on a roll in like the WWE. He's one of the uh, he's been protected. Or, or, I don't want to say protected, but he's been on TV every week. He's been he's been really doing good since he got signed near almost two years ago now. When's this Marine supposed to be coming out on DVD? Hey, does anyone know? know? I thought it was already out. The one with the one with Miz, Homefront, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> no, but that's what I think it is. It's to tie in with that. Because he's the American hero, because he's the Marine and the Marine. Only on DVD and Blu-ray. Or whatever. I think even if, if they were going to go that route, they uh. would have brought it up. Because even, even if you put it like that, Ted DiBiase really didn't get jack shit from the Marine 2 coming out. All yeah. he got was really in the Elimination Chamber match, and then, like, <laughs> the, the whole, like, feud went backwards because Randy o- Orton got over instead of Rhodes and DiBiase. True. True. And then, I should think... But then again, next up we've got. I was gonna say Cesaro. <laughs> I was gonna say then again, Cesaro's had it for a little bit now, but I'm gonna still say Cesaro. But I do kind of see you're thinking a little bit on that. Well, that's nice. WWE actually has the full 2012 Royal Rumble on. Oh. And that's that's in full as well. That's a, that's a surprise. The one and only match that you'll see Karma in. <laughs> <laughs> In 2012. Yeah. Next up, the tag team titles on the line. Team Hell No taking on Road Scholars. 
Uh, I'm just thinking it's edging towards Rhodes Scholars probably getting a, a, at last a bloody rub. Overdue rub. They've been going on with this feud for so long. It would, I was surprised Rhodes Scholars haven't won it yet. To me, I always thought like with Team Hell No, they were going to end up breaking up and there would still be Brian and Kane. Like somebody would turn on them. But now they become very cohesive as a team. Which was probably, maybe they were planning on doing that too, like make them be a bit more shocking when the heel turn does come around. That's if it does. That's all really just me speculating. But nonetheless, I do think the Road Scholars finally, although I like Team Held Nose Road, they would like them continue to tell you kind of got to do something with this. (laughs) Although, I don't think it would necessarily hurt the Road Scholars. It kind of would if they didn't win it because they've had like four or five title shots already, so I'll say Road Scholars. Okay. Um, next uh, Oh, Sandro, your pick. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Road Scholars. Okay. Uh, then we've got the last man standing match of the World Heavyweight title. Del Rio versus Big Show. Um... I almost want to say that Big Show gets the belt back right away because Del Rio's net. I don't know if they give Del Rio a longer reign, even though it, seem, it would probably benefit him better if while Del Rio's getting pushed the top Hispanic star, it would benefit him to get the win. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say Del Rio, regardless, <laughs> even though. My reasoning sounds kind of fucked. Well, it's not really that fucked if you believe the dirt sheets. But yeah, Dario. To win. Sandra? Uh, personally, I, I don't really care for this feud, but I'm going to go with AVR. I think, I think he's going to keep the belt probably till the chamber. Uh, see anything happening with Ziggler in the briefcase? Um, no, I, I think they're going to save that for Mania, to be honest. Yeah, because he already has the whole rumble thing. Chamber might be better suited for it, to be honest. Maybe they go Ziggler Del Rio. Who? Mm, I don't know. Especially because you have... I think it's work. It'd be too. It's not that you can't do it, but it'd be a whole bunch of stuff all at once. Which, uh, like Ziggler, he wins the world title, and then he has to be one or two in the Rumble. Which eh, I don't know. I don't think they've ever had a champion in the Rumble still to this date. They've had like cha- people who challenge for the championship in it because Ziggler was in in it. Um, when did he challenge for 2011? So I'm gonna say, uh, well, yeah, I still have. I don't think he's gonna cash it in at all. Say so gets gets saved. Hmm. Now the uh, I guess the co-main event certainly with the way they've been billing it. The WWE title on the line: Punk versus Rock. And if Punk interferes in his own match, he'll be stripped of a title. Sorry, Shield. Hi, Vince. 
Randy, your thoughts on that? Um, damn. I almost want to say The Rock gets it, but it seemed like way, way too easy for The Rock to get it like that. Regardless that it is The Rock, I think you're gonna have you have to give The Rock a little bit of struggle because <laughs> he's kind of gone through everybody, and I think he still like it'll help Punk out a lot more if he beats Rock. Then, and then lost it to him later because he can still say, "Oh, I beat the Rock." Although the I would I wouldn't mind if it ends up ending at the Royal Rumble for Punk, but I will still stick to our indie bias, I guess, sort of, but go with CM Punk. Sandra, I'm gonna go with the Rock. Okay, and then Royal Rumble. Of which, according to WWE.com, there's only about eight confirmed people. According to Wikipedia, about 15. And according to all the other websites, 23. Well, the, the, only, the, the only seven that I definitively know are the ones that were involved in the Beat the Clock Challenge. And John Cena. So that's Cesaro, Miz, Barrett. Seamus, Orton, Ziggler, and Cena. And John Morrison. Whoops! Possibly. Anyway. So, (coughs) rather than giving me a definitive answer, which two or three do you think are in with the best shout? I think I'll, I'll open it up to you guys for first, Randy. Um, the first one I'm gonna say gets a that has a shot at it. Ryback. Ryback's been um, Ryback. Pretty much, he's been on a tear and has only still has very minimal defeats. I think only like what is it three now? Yeah, it'd be three. All to Punk and, and the Royal Rumble would really add give him a title to gain. Or a title that he would have leading into a possible world title match. So it makes it interesting that I think of it because if Ryback were to win, I could see him facing Big Show and then that whole Mania moment. So, but still, I'm going to put Ryback as one. As much as I was talking about how they don't want to do it, would seem too gimmicked or like a lot of things at once, I could see Dolph Ziggler as one. Sorry to contradict myself there, folks. Uh, and the third one... Shit. I don't think Sheamus is going to regain, or regain, retain, whatever. I don't think anybody's going to retain the Royal Rumble for a while now. Orton, maybe? But I still think he probably maybe turns heel because of the Rumble or some other shit. Hell no. I'm going to say... As much as it pays, well, it doesn't really pay me too much. I would say John Cena is the third one because that leads to more than likely The Rock with Cena or whoever it does. It could be Ziggler for all we know. Although I highly doubt that considering Cena's beaten Ziggler like how many times now? At least twice since TLC. And like one of them, Ziggler definitely probably could have won, but. Regardless of all that, yeah, Cena, Ryback, and Ziggler will be my three to look out for. Sandra? Well, you know what? I'm just going to make my pick. Uh, I'm going to change things. It's obvious John Cena's going to win. 
There, I said it. Wow. <clears throat> See, I've got some interesting thoughts, which you, if you listen live, you've already heard, or if you haven't, check out the archive of the open book. Regarding everything to do with the briefcase, the rumble, the titles, and everything. It all fits into place, and I think it fits well. And I'm not even thinking for WrestleMania at the minute. Well, I, I, I am, and I'm not. But the way that storylines have been going recently, I think, fit into it well. But, yeah, check that out on the archive. But with that, I think that is... That is all of the indie, uh, that's, that's, that's all the indie that we can provide, I think, for this week. Yeah. So, thank, thanks guys for, uh, joining me. Thanks, Chit, thanks Sandra, hopefully you should be around here next week, I'm hoping. Uh, hopefully, I'll let you know. Yes, no problem, and Randy? Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be. Well, I should be here next week. I don't think there's anything stopping me at the moment right now. So you'll definitely see okay, us next so week. Make sure that you check all the other shows here on the SNS Radio Network. Live show wise, you've got Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at nine Eastern with JJ and Bronx. You have Running the Ropes, I think, going live coming up at 4 Eastern. Then you have the Teenage Chat Live show with Bronx at 10.30 Eastern. Then Open Book with Sean and myself on Fridays at 11 Eastern. And then... Of course, this weekend, Sunday Night Showdown, with JJ, Bronx, Shark, Harmony, everyone that can get involved, and it's Royal Rumble time. It's one of the big ones, it's one of the real exciting ones. Hope to see you in chat for that, as ever, that starts at 8 Eastern, just as the pay-per-view starts. Podcast-wise, Randy, what have we got? We uh, we got uh, about yeah, just four fine podcasts you can check here on the SNS Radio Network. Hopefully more to come along the way in this year. But regardless of that, you can check out Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. This time he is doing the History of the Royal Rumble. Newest episode up is 1988 to 1995. Next one you can expect is 1995 to... 96, surely. Is it going to be? Well, yeah, 96. I don't know which ones he's exactly, which one he's going to end it at. I can say, oh, no, I, maybe I just say it and that's what he ends up doing. Make him do 2012. 95 to 2012, I guess. Or 96 to 2012, excuse <laughs> me. That's why he brought up the 96. Uh, <laughs> it took me a minute there. <laughs> but nonetheless, he will be covering the Royal Rumble soon since that's coming up. You can also check out The Hard Way because Danny and Adam are back with the show. Check them out. Another good podcast to check out, too. You can also check out the Elite Force podcast with uh, the Midweek and Weekend Edition, Walkie, Chuck, Mindwipe. You can check out all of them there for your sci-fi and all that. And there's one more podcast, and how could I forget it, the podcast you're listening to right now, the whole indie show, which I really don't need to advertise because you're hearing it, but if I do need to advertise it more for more people, here it is here. Just check our show out. 
again. <laughs> yeah, just that, that reminds me. Uh, best wishes to Chuck in his recovery from his surgery. Hope you're doing well, my friend. So with that, that is going to close us out. Song of the Night uh, is dedicated to the Royal Rumble. I'm not even going to explain why. I'll just tell you the name of the song. And the artist, it's Apollo 440 with Can't Stop the Rock. That might be a clue. Anyway, that was Sandro. This was Ashley. That was Randy. See, I'm totally mixing it up. And all of that was your weekly slice of indie goodness. We'll see you next week. Would it be another Beatles reference? (laughs) Danger, danger, Will Robinson.
I'm so wrong. 